Welcome, welcome, everyone. It is Tuesday, the 21st, January at 3.05 p.m. We are still working on being able to talk on Facebook Live before we actually go live. Uh, So we're still working out all of our technical difficulties. It's super fun. I have uh, a dear friend in the office today. Uh, Watch this guy grow from a tiny little business to a monster business. He's very, very humble and will not admit that he's as awesome as he is. Uh, but tell us your name. Before I get to that, I've always <laughs> wanted to. Ow now, brown cow. Ow now. I don't know that. All one. right. Anyone that's seen Anchorman <laughs> will get that. So, Oh, on the rail. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Okay. So what was the question? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> that's a long conversation. I'm Carson Porter. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And what do you do, Carson? I do a lot of things, but I am the owner and I am also an agent for High Point Insurance. Okay. Now, when when we first met, how many years ago? Seven years ago? Yeah, about you're, that. You're one of the longest people that I actually know here in Southern Utah, by the way. Wow. So congrats to that. Some uh, tenure. Tell me a little bit. So so how I want to structure this, so you have an idea. I want to talk a little bit about you're your a little bit of a salesy at the beginning mm-hmm. for four or five minutes. And then let's go ahead and let's talk about you as a person, why you function, how you do, why you're a workaholic, why you, why your business has exploded when other people's businesses are still the same. They haven't done anything. Uh, so tell me a little bit, a, what is high point? Why, why do you call it high point? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So high point is, uh, is my agency. We are an insurance and wealth management firm. Um, and our, our big focus really, uh, you know, we everybody has their feel-good saying. Ours is impact over income, and, and that's really where we came from. I, I started in the business just doing home, auto, basic life insurance, just about like everybody. You have to start with the basics. And um, as we've grown up, as uh, we've matured and educated um, through the past several years, uh, we've really come to, to realize that there was this huge need uh, in the industry to get a little more uh, involved, to be holistic insurance planners and wealth and financial planners as opposed to just agents. And so that's kind of the focus. Okay. So you, you transform, you didn't start high point when you very first got into the business. Is that right? That's right. Okay. So, uh, tell us at the very beginning when you started, did you join a company? Did you do door to door sales? How did you get into the insurance business and what, what grabbed you to that? Yeah. So, um, when I first got in the business, I started with a, um, a captive insurer and I'm going to try and leave all the insurers names out there cause we have compliance and that's wonderful. But um, started with a captive insurer and, and really uh, didn't have a, a lot to go on. When you start an insurance, I don't care who you start with, they tell you that the first thing you need to do is write down everybody you know. They might call it your Project 100 or your Project 250. <laughs> Real estate's the same way. I guarantee you bug the crap out of your family. Am I allowed to say crap? Uh, I'm going to say it. That's I'm okay. Say Crap's okay. It. Yeah, there's, better, there's worse alternatives. Um, but you write these all down and then you go solicit, solicit, solicit. So, um, and we all know somebody that, that has tried insurance uh, to varying degrees of success. I didn't want to be that guy. That doesn't mean that I haven't uh, talked to friends and family about insurance and financial needs, but that was never, you know, we tried really hard never to solicit them. And so to get out, I went back to what I knew. I'd spent some time knocking doors. Um, and that's, that's what we did is we went and pounded the doors and we did that for quite a while. Um, and you say we... Did you start with a team? Did you start by yourself? I started all on my lonesome. Okay. And that was just depressing. Okay. That was really depressing. 
So about, um, and that's a whole nother story. There's a, a lot of good principles in that. So I actually do some speaking and coaching and, and I like to tell that story. I'll try and not tell it here though, cause I don't want to waste too much time. Okay. But, um, no, I first started and I was depressed. I was going to quit. I went to my manager and, and you know, he, he wants to cheer me up. So he took me to the Ichiban Chinese buffet and I'm staring at the food thinking, what is this? And he's busy trying to lecture me about why the business is so great. And I'm thinking, man, you're a liar. You told me I was going to be rich. And- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right? So I, I realized I couldn't do it on my own. I had some some great strengths, but I also had some great weaknesses as well. One of those weaknesses was getting out and meeting people on my own. Um, and so I actually uh, leveraged some of my things, and that's where the big story's at. But um, we leveraged a few things, and we went and hired a marketer. Most of the time in insurance, they tell you hire somebody to answer the phone and change those autos in and out of policies. But our first hire actually was uh, a, a marketer to go knock doors, and okay. we built everything off of that. So you brought somebody on to go pound the pavement instead of you pounding the pavement. Right. Well, I still pounded the pavement, but we needed to pound the pavement more. I needed to leverage my time better. Okay. So fast forward a year or two in the business. Uh, do you have a big team at this time? Have you built and crashed? Where are you at? Um, we have a medium team at this time. I've had bigger and I've had smaller, uh, but I can't say that I've had better. The team that we have right now is just, you'd be hard pressed to find anybody in their positions that that'll, you'll, you'll find some great people out there, but they are among the best. I will tell you that. Okay. And so tell us, uh, expansion wise. So you, you first came on, you're here in St. George only, right? Um, we are here in St. George and then we also have an additional office in Scottsdale, Arizona and one up in, uh, Roosevelt, Roosevelt, Utah. So (laughs) I knew where he was going. Yeah. Stay away from the expletives, Carson. So Roosevelt and do you do anything in California? Yeah. So we're in, uh, actually we're licensed almost everywhere. West of the Rockies. We're licensed in Texas, Tennessee, Ohio. We do business, Anywhere we can find a, a way to create impact. Okay. You're so young though. Why would somebody want to trust a young kid? I ask myself that every day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, you you could if you shaved your face, you look like you're out 24 max. That's why I don't shave my face. <laughs> so well tell me, uh, when you're when you're when you're doing big deals with people mm-hmm. and they look at you, I can only imagine them them saying, You're just a young kid. I want somebody that's older. How do you overcome that? Uh, in the beginning, it was hard and it, it took a lot. Now it's a lot easier because most of <clears throat> my business, I I rarely talk insurance with people. Actually, my team does that and, and they do a much better job at it than I than I could because they do it all day, every day. I do uh, focus more on the wealth management side and most of my business is all referral based. It either comes from a client or another professional or both. Um, and that gives me a lot of credibility at this point. And those people have had the experience of of working with me and, and, um, I haven't completely dropped the ball for them. We've, we've done a good enough job that they want to refer us. So okay. I, hopefully that says something. So that gives a lot of credibility, but, um, I think the big focus is really establishing trust in that first appointment. We never, I never, ever go into that first appointment, be it a phone call or in person, uh, and try and sell something. Uh, in fact, if somebody asks me, you know, how do I sign up for this today? I just tell them you don't, or you go down the street, you, you don't buy something today with me we have a process that works. And if you're willing to work with that process, we'll get there. If not, then um, there's probably somebody that's a better fit for you. And I think just being willing to, to let people understand that, um, you know, I'm not afraid to turn business down. Um, not that we don't want to do every little piece of business out there, but at the end of the day, it's got to be a good fit for you and for me. And, and for some reason, people seem to like that. So, so. tell me that when the first time, there's a lot of hungry 
entrepreneurs, and they mm-hmm. will do anything for anyone at any time. I think I took a phone call Saturday night at like 8.30. I'm like, why did I answer the phone? <laughs> well, when were you able in your career to say, it's okay if I say no to this client? And why? Well, um, kind of several parts of that. So this isn't the first business I've owned. I've owned several. Um, and so that's a lesson I've, I've been getting for a, a long, long time. I've always kind of had this little bit of an entrepreneurial uh, spirit, and we can get into that later if you want to. If you don't, that's okay too. But um, like I say, I've always kind of, uh, or not always, but that's a lesson I've learned over time. When I got into this business, I was, I'm still young, but hungry and, <laughs> and in fact starving and needed every everything I could find. And so I took every piece of business and it really came down to getting to a point of uh, being confident and comfortable enough with myself and my effort to where my effort was no longer uh, hope-based. It's just a mathematical equation. It's just an if-then statement. If I do this, then I'll have this result. I can turn this piece of business down because if I'll do this, I'll be able to replace that piece of business. And with seven-plus billion people on the planet, I don't want to work with every one of them. Do you remember the first time that you said no to somebody? In this business or in general? In this business. I do. Tell, tell us about that. Oh, I don't know that we want to. Not on, <laughs> not in, on the in, air. In a, clean, in a clean way. Well, um, no, I was in this individual's home, and I was starting to have some success. Um, I knew, you know, not, not to the level that we're having now, but um, I knew if I put in these hours, if I did these activities, that we were going to be okay. Okay. And uh, kind of in this person's home, wrapping up a, a deal. I think we were talking about home and auto insurance, maybe an umbrella or something like that. This is still the time I was, I was uh, doing a lot of that um, myself. And and uh, frankly, there, I mean, we're in a state where where there's a very dominant religion, and and this person decided to go ahead and give me a religious interview at that time. I mean, we had applications signed. I had a check in hand, the whole nine yards. And I don't discriminate against any religion myself. I think if you have something that makes you want to do more for yourself, your family, and your community, more power to you. I don't care if it's eating Big Macs on Wednesdays. Do it. <laughs> okay. But um, I just thought that was, you know, extremely inappropriate and unprofessional to to do that. And I ended up handing his check back to him and stood up and, and walked out the door while I got called names. And, and that was that. So, Did, was it empowering? Um, it was frustrating. I, it I let it ruin my day is what I did. To be uh, completely honest, let's, let's just be honest about it. I let it ruin my day. In, uh, in hindsight, it was empowering. And, you know, even the very next day, just to be able to say, wow, I didn't have to put myself in that situation because that wouldn't have been the first time, right? Every time, I, every time there was an issue, which happens, who's always happy with their auto insurance? Nobody, right? <laughs> so <laughs> It's kind of a bad business to be in. Right, so it's, if it starts on that foot, it's not going anywhere better. Like that's that's the happiest time you're going to have with your client is when you just saved them all that money. It's only going to get worse from there. So <laughs> that when you just said that, I'm I was just thinking to myself, that's got to be a bad business because no one wants to pay you. No one is happy when they talk to you. Either they've been in a crash or you want more money to help pay for if they get in a crash. <laughs> it, it can be tough, and, and as long as. That is your product. As long as somebody else's product is your product, it, it's extremely tough. When your product all of a sudden becomes something you can control, um, it's not nearly as tough anymore. You know, Walmart 
isn't very concerned about the quality of Oreos. While Oreos are a quality product, they're on Walmart's shelf. But if Oreo decided to change the ingredients and have a product that didn't sell and nobody liked it, nobody was happy with it, Walmart would find a way to continue to push because their product is low prices and customer mm-hmm. service and convenience. Interesting. So when you get to a point um, that you realize, man, my product is not the policy I'm selling. My product is how I'm selling, how I'm servicing, and how I'm serving my community. Um, it expands your ability to. Okay, so that push brings that. that brings me to my next point. Your your saying is impact over. Income. Income. Yeah. Now that's a new that's a new philosophy. Most entrepreneurs, most people are more focused on the income because if they don't have the income, they can't make their car payment, they can't make their house payment. Yeah. How do you switch that paradigm of if I don't make this sell, I can't pay for my car payment to if I don't take care of my client, they won't refer more business to me. Does that make sense? How, how do you switch that paradigm? That th- I think this is going to be a great point for the any entrepreneur. So how have you done that in your business? How have you been able to to turn that? How much time do we have here today? We've got about eight minutes left. Oh, boy. <laughs> going to hurry. Um, so impact over income. Man, where to, where to even start with this? You're right. Most entrepreneurs, and, and I was that way in the beginning, you're so starving, you've got to pay the bills, mm-hmm. right? And so that's your your primary focus. But you get what I like to call commission breath. Have you ever heard of commission breath? $20,000. It stinks. <laughs> and everybody can smell it. Everybody can smell it. The only way to uh, get rid of commission breath is to quit worrying about commission. And that's so much easier said than done, right? So I like to take it from a, a different angle. Do you remember, and I know you're, you're married now. Katie, if you're watching, please forgive me. I'm going to talk about Peyton dating so that's and okay. talking to women. So do you remember when you were at the store and you'd, you'd see a, a pretty girl and you wanted to say hi and, and you wanted to maybe even see if she wanted to go out for dinner or something like that? Do you remember that feeling that was inside of you? Mm-hmm. What was it? Butterflies. Butterflies. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> what if she says no? What if she says no? Right? There's this anxiety because you've attached an expectation to the conversation. Right? You expect that when you go and compliment her and tell her, hey, you're very beautiful. I would like to take you – Right. There's always this this end result. Well, when you quit adding an expectation onto every conversation, and the point of your conversation is to just add value. I'm going to tell you you look beautiful today because hopefully it makes your day. And if I get out a date out of that or not, it doesn't matter. I'm not here to get a date out of it. I'm here to make your day. When you remove that, it removes that anxiety. But what's interesting is when you remove that, it makes it so much easier to focus on creating impact versus income. And I can tell you, we talk about this a lot in our agency, that income always follows impact. Impact does not always follow income. That's just a reality. It's just a reality. Definitely. You can focus on income and make income. Mm -hmm. It's an inevitable fact, but you'll never make impactful income. So as, as a naysayer, I say, this, this is, I agree hundred percent with you doing. That's what I'm, that's what I'm working on doing in my life. But as, as I speak to my previous self of two, three years ago, well, I can't worry about impact yet because I don't have the money. I, I don't have, I can't pay for my house. You know, people are saying, oh, well, it's so easy to do this. Well, you're sitting up there on your hill with all your quote money. Now you can have all this impact because you have the money. Is that? Yeah. So when I was sitting in that Chinese buffet, Ichiban, which is out of business. So um, it's over by Bishop's and, and Freddy's mm-hmm. is where it was at. So anyways, 
when I was sitting there and, and this manager was lecturing me, he actually said something that was super impactful to me. He said that, and I'm going to paraphrase, so he's going to sound a lot more uh, uh, eloquent than he is. <laughs> but he's a really great guy. John, you're a great guy. <laughs> but he, he said the win has to be about something more benevolent than the sale. It has to be about something bigger because life is too depressing to just worry about making that buck. And it absolutely is. I don't care if you're in insurance or real estate or if you're in the garage door business. It doesn't matter. If it's only about making a sell or doing another job, it's a depressing place to be because statistically, you're going to have five or 10 times more no's than you are yeses, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got to get to a point where something matters more than just selling or, or having another job. And um, that's really what impacted me. We had that conversation before I made that first hire. And I had I wasn't up there on my hill. I'm still not up there on my hill. I have such a long way to go. But I'll tell you how we hired that guy. We had nothing to leverage, nothing. I didn't even have a credit card with an open line on it that I could put money into. We didn't pay a mortgage at that point for three months. And I took my mortgage payment that I would have made, and I paid that marketer to go knock doors. And I made a promise to my wife, Camille, um, super sexy, but leave her alone. She's mine. Um I made a promise to her that if she gave me 90 days, we would be current. And then I went to work. I don't think I was home for 90 days. It, I mean, it was just crazy. In the first 30 days, we saw nothing. The first 60 or the, the next 30, we started to see things come in. By the time we hit 60 days, we were cranking. By the time we hit 90 days, we were caught up and we've never missed. We've never, everything's just compounded since then. But the, we were only able to make the decision to do that because we, we decided to care about something other than selling. We decided we wanted to care about the people in our community and how they protect themselves, their families, their futures, their estates, et cetera, et cetera. So, so as, as you've taken that from the very beginning, where do you feel your values and morals have been able to play into your business? Now you've been in it seven years, eight years. How long have you been in insurance for now? Going on. So we just crossed the five-year mark, actually. Oh, only five years. Yeah. Yeah, since we opened our agency. Okay. So yeah. so because you had those morals in the beginning, where you're at now, where do you think you would have been if you would have chased the dollar? Um, I, I can tell you where we would have been, probably still paying our bills. And and I say this because I've in my time I've gotten to know a lot of insurance agents all across the country. Um, we've been very involved in, and I get the opportunity to speak and, and coach with a lot of these. And I can tell you, the one characteristic of the ones that break free and the ones that don't is they learn to care about something bigger than the sale. So how can you how can you instill that in someone that's brand new in any business? Because insurance is sales. How can you instill that into the carpet salesman, the cabinet guy, the real estate guy, the, the other insurance guy? How do you instill that when you're when you're coaching them? What do you say to them? it's a tough conversation and it's really something it's one of those things where it's like you got to have a little peace pipe and go out in the wilderness with a with a coyote skin jacket on and just be alone for a while you know have your vision but um no you just really have to figure out what do i want out of this life how do i want to impact people when i'm gone when i'm done none of this crap matters right so when somebody's talking about me they're not going to talk about me 2 years after i after i die cuz uh, they've forgotten about me. There's something else on on CNN or whatever, right? Okay. But what are they going to talk about for that first three months or six months? And when they talk about that, how are you going to create that thing? If there's a person you want to be or a thing you want to be doing, 
if you don't start doing the things that that person does, you're never going to become that person. You're never going to get to that that place. So if you want to be, I talk to a lot of people. Um, it, it's very prevalent with entrepreneurs that want to be. Um, uh, they they want to. What's the word I'm looking for? You you wouldn't know because I don't know. I mean, you would know, but <laughs> um, philanthropists, right? Okay, they they, they get back. yeah they they want to get into some sort of philanthropic activities, and so you say, well, how do you how do you get to that? Well, mm-hmm. you just start doing it. You know, in the beginning, it might be as simple as being the guy who's mowing lawns, but he cares enough to walk across the street and pick up the garbage bag blowing across the neighbor's lawn, right? That's philanthropy. But if you can't do that, what on earth makes you think you're going to go build schools in Nicaragua? You're not. You're not because you don't care. You're not that person. So if you can't cultivate that person, cultivate the discipline to be that person, you won't become that person. So you got to just start doing those things. You take action. We had, I had this conversation with Katie last night. Uh, we talked about how does money change people? And I said, no. I said, Money magnifies the jerk that's already a jerk with no money. When he's has money, he's a royal jerk. But money magnifies when someone's caring and giving and they'll help somebody when they have tons of money, they'll go give money. They'll they'll help. Is that is that a fair statement? I yeah, I, I tend to believe that way as well. And I tend to believe, you know, I, I don't care what your your religious belief system is, I tend to believe there's some kind of higher power, higher purpose, call it whatever you want. But I tend to believe that the universe or God or whatever will not give you any more if you can't deal with what's already on your plate, period. And if you can't find a way to be to be um, philanthropic, if you can't find a way to provide value to your community, to your family with what's already on your plate, you're not going to get more opportunity. You probably will. You just won't recognize those opportunities as they come across your plate because you haven't done anything to cultivate the discipline there. Okay. So let's talk about, so you talked about picking up a trash bag across the street, being philanthropic, being, being that, that giver. Let's talk about something else. We've got just a few minutes here left. Let's talk about something else that they could do. Let's give them a challenge to go and do something with, you know, maybe they have 50 bucks. Maybe they have a hundred dollars. Maybe they don't have money, but they want to give service. What would you advise somebody to do to go and start giving back. Yeah. So actually I, I've got the perfect one that comes to mind here and it costs zero dollars and zero cents. And it is so much harder than I, it's so much easier for me to spend a hundred bucks and go give somebody something than do this. Okay. So this is, I, I've been in the mode of doing all these challenges. I've shed a couple pounds doing it. And, and uh, Like 50 pounds. <laughs> How many pounds? Uh, we're pushing 65 now. You look great by the way. Thank you. All right. Okay, what's the challenge? <laughs> Embarrass me. So anyways, I created a challenge for myself and for my agency. Um, I didn't put it on if they want to take it, great. If not, that's okay. But we call it the Grind 90 Resolution. It's a 90-day um, challenge and five days a week. You get weekends off, so that's great. Part of it, though, one of the things you have to do every single day is you have to compliment a coworker, you've got to compliment a customer, and you've got to compliment a, a vendor or like a networking partner. Okay. And not just like a oh, hey, nice socks or, or whatever, right? It needs to be something impactful. Okay. And um, so it takes a minute to think about who can I, how can I make their day with this compliment? If you compliment those three people in that way, it will cultivate a conversation that provides the opportunity to do more good. Awesome. Carson, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, get out there and do something good. If you watch my Facebook Lives almost every morning, we're talking about doing service, whether it's vacuuming the 
the floor for your wife or husband before you leave, uh, doing something, uh, oh my gosh, to giving compliments to your coworkers. I love that challenge, the 90-day challenge. Will you email that to me so we can put that on the Facebook? Absolutely. Okay, we'll get that on there. Uh, I'm also doing a big seminar coming up February 20th at 6 p.m. Uh, it's on my Facebook Live. or face. It's on my Facebook. It's going to be uh, building, building Your Greatness, Training for Greatness. Can't talk apparently. Thank you guys so much. Come back Tuesday at 3 p.m. We appreciate you and we look forward to talking to you again soon. See you guys later.